So, I have started a new show. Uh, I know I'm like starting all these shows and not continuing to watch them for all those <laughs> that, that are like, what was he thinking of The Mandalorian and Better Call Saul? You're going to have to keep on waiting because <laughs> I started you something know else. If I get to them. <laughs> um, but I watched, this one was more like, ooh, I'm going to just like kind of keep watching this because it felt more like popcorn. Those felt like I kind of had to invest something into them, if that makes sense. This mm. felt like I can just kind of watch it. I don't even know because I, I'm, I'm invested, but I'm not, I don't know, but it's called Wayne. It's oh. on Amazon Prime. It's like thing on Amazon Prime. It's like from the guys who created Deadpool. So I don't know <laughs> what that exactly means. I don't know like, yeah. you know, if it's like uh, David Leach or if it's like the Deadpool 2 guys or who, you know, what mm. the comic creator made the same comic. I don't know. I d- honestly some don't guys know. who had in some way involved with Deadpool, <laughs> but the way I'm going to describe the show, I think is perfect. If you remember that show about those two British kids going on like a road trip, uh, the end of the fucking world. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like that, but East Coast kids doing something similar. Okay. So like the whole movie is like a, and I'm not sure how good the accents are because I'm not from the East Coast. Um, <laughs> yeah. Calvin has. Uh, don't, how, do you have fam- like a lot of family in the East coast or just some, uh, my dad's grew up, uh, my dad's, my dad mostly grew up in Boston. Um, but so you can quicker recognize a, someone who's not good at an accent doing one of those than I probably could. So you might, it might be like, you know, stabbing glass into your ears if you watched it, <laughs> but I enjoy it. Cause I'm like, I have fun with shitty accents even, but yeah, yeah. everyone's just running around doing violent things and it's like 16 year old kids and are like the main the car in the actors <laughs> and there's a lot of yeah everybody's like it's accentuated ah, fuck you ah, yeah. fuck you you know <laughs> okay so yeah it's, wait, wait that's it's, on uh, amazon you said it's on amazon prime okay. there are 10 episodes one season right now um i'm enjoying it i'm like a few episodes in like four or five and uh it's very similar. It almost feels like inspired by that show, but I don't know if it's based on a comic or what, but it's very similar to the end of the fucking world. Yeah. Um, and, and it's like approach to, you know, like a 15, 16 year old, like couple of kids doing, doing a Bonnie shit. and Clyde type thing. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's, I really it's liked, good though. It's, uh, I really liked that, that, Seri- I think I liked that world. I didn't see season more. two, though. Did you watch season two? Me neither. Isn't that weird? Like, I liked it a lot, but then I was like, yeah. that's it. I don't want to watch more. The way it ended was an open-ending, like, or an open-ended, and to me, like, cool. And I'm from it, what I read, like, yeah. how the comic ended, like, it was, it was done. Yeah. And that was right. it. So I was content with being done. It was a satisfying sort of contained story with... Yeah. Uh, an open enough ending that didn't make you like wonder too much, but it wasn't no, like yeah. what happens now. So I was a little surprised actually they did a season two. Me too. Yeah. I maybe we should watch it just to, you know, see what we think of it and yeah. talk about it as an intro one yeah. of these days. We we'll, we'll put that on our list, but you actually brought up before we started recording another thing that we should uh get to soon. You you want to touch on that real quick? Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Uh, I think our guest on the show, which is this, isn't the segue yet. <laughs> but <Not> yet. <laughs> uh, uh, she she seemed to know a little more about it than I do, as far as because it's an adaptation uh, or an adaptation uh, of a play. 
produced by i do know that it's produced by denzel washington mm-hmm. who was in the an ad an adaptation of a play by the same playwright i believe right mm-hmm. i think it's mm-hmm. by the playwright who did fences mm-hmm. ah so i might know a little more about this than mm-hmm. i thought <laughs> um but it is uh chadwick boseman's final performance oh, I, yeah. I believe and um it just came out on netflix like right now mm-hmm. like today so i want to watch that and i highly implore others that listen to this podcast who like the things we talk about to watch that as well let's actually let's both give each other uh the assignment to watch that movie for the next episode um although the uh, the next thing we're doing is a movie so uh by the next episode of avatar that we're doing we will have watched that and that's actually good because i i kind of feel like i've been slacking on my work for this podcast and that work is watching tv (laughs) Um, i know right yeah I've, I've really just been playing Zelda Breath of the Wild. We've already talked about it's that okay. a bit. It's such a good game. It's like, okay. It's I'm so, so good. Into it. Um, I've been that. I've been doing podcasts as well. Um, and so there's two things we can actually touch on uh, with our guest here as I introduce her. Um, because we've uh, I've been catching up with her. I got a, a little bit ahead of her on the Magnus Archives, which we've talked a little bit about on this podcast. Um, but I think this is a good time to introduce a uh, theater name, not- notable name in the Minneapolis, St. <laughs> Paul, Twin Cities oh. theater community, uh, actor in town, and uh, my current girlfriend, partner, whatever you would like to say, um, is joining us here today, Eva Gemlo. Welcome to the podcast. Please hold your applause. It's just embarrassing. I can't. I can't. My hands. Just... <laughs> oh, oh. Well, I'm, I'm applauding too, so that there's more than just one clap. Yeah, clap, 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 clap. Um, clap. I'll, I'll in post. I'll uh, there dub go. that Please over do. multiple times, so it sounds like a whole audience. Oh, that'd be perfect. <laughs> it just sounds like creepy, like multiple. <laughs> so on this podcast with our guests, we like to ask them what bender they think they are. So. Time to pose that question to you, Eva. What bender would I be? I think uh, I did not think about this at all. So um, it feels it feels almost like a not to be that Gut girl, instinct. but it feels like a Hogwarts house kind of deal where it's like you don't <laughs> want to be like, oh, I'm a protagonist. So I'll be the guy or I'm edgy. So I'll be a mm. firebender. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know what? I'll go Firebender just because this season we've been seeing the different outfits and no one looks <laughs> better than the Fire Nation. Like they just do Katara's have some outfit. Really good style. Some great outfits. So um purely because of the aesthetic appeal, I would have to go Fire Nation. That being said, they are colonizers, so <laughs> Well, we are Americans. <laughs> so really, we're in a pickle. Yeah. Um final answer firebender. I don't know. Okay. You know me. Why not? I think What's the vibe? That What's makes the sense. Vibe? I don't know. The ambition and uh Yeah. Yes. I think... The Slytherins, yes. <laughs> I don't know. Pe- people always get so like I don't want to be a Slytherin, and it's like I don't know. Also, just fuck J.K. Rowling, but uh, oh, like, fuck J.K. Rowling, absolutely. Yeah, like I'd like yeah. to also say I haven't said something in about two minutes, and I think this is a great time for me to also say fuck J.K. Rowling. <laughs> Sorry, perfect. And also that this is a great episode for us to even touch on the uh, feelings of being a firebender, but being mm-hmm. like, but I'm not a colonizer. I'm like a normal person. Because that's kind of one of the themes of this episode. Well, yeah. not that's fully. That's the vibe. Not they fully, maybe. 
in the same vein as uh, that. But you know, that's uh, this is a good episode to to be touching on that, right? Yeah, I think before before we go into the episode. <laughs> Can I say something about Ma Rainey's Black Bottom? Yes, please. Yeah, that was absolutely. I think it's really cause... cool just because of the just because of the theater aspect. Because so Denzel Washington and Viola Davis were both in Fences, and Fences is part of this like cycle, this like not well not like a cycle and uh, not quite a series. August Wilson, the playwright, mm-hmm. is this um is a black playwright, and he wrote ten plays about African American life in the twentieth century, and one was for for every decade. Fences, hmm. I'm pretty sure is the 50s yeah i think fences is the 50s and ma rainey's black bottom is the 20s because it's about a um a blues singer and so while they're not like directly related they are fences and and ma rainey's black bottom are all part of this he calls it uh he calls it the pittsburgh Hmm. cycle i'm pretty sure interesting something like that and it's but it's that was a definite decision on august wilson's part there's like like um radio golf and gem of the ocean there's a bunch of other plays from that cycle anyways so i'm excited to see this this latest one because viola davis was so good in fences all right uh well i think it's it's probably time that we get into the show here you're listening to a new lens i'm calvin this is a podcast that gary and i started to talk about film and television that we liked as kids through the new lens of adults and amateur filmmakers we've been watching avatar the last airbender episode by episode talking about it and we are on season three episode five the beach this is one that for some reason you know i'm saying for some reason now after watching it i didn't have like great memories of this. I I didn't think I liked this episode. Did you by chance watch the Captain Midnight video in I preparation didn't. for this? Oh, didn't I didn't have time. Man, I, I did, want you to bring up uh anything from that video, please. Oh man, it it like it was great cuz he talked okay. about how in reading reviews for the show, two episodes that he loves, two of his in the top 10 are Tales of Ba Sing Se and this mm. one. And he wow. said both episodes are criticized as feeling like they could be completely removed from the show and the show would still work great. That's my... That's my fe- I love this episode. And I remember Calvin saying that he didn't like this episode, but he loved Tales of Ba Sing Se. But they're both... They're two... This episode made me cry of, this time. It's... They're two, they're two examples of what this show does so well. And this is coming from someone who did not grow up watching this show. Avatar The Last Airbender does filler episodes better than anybody else. Oh, Oh, absolutely. And I think that in TV these days, I've talked about this many times on the show, it's like reverting to a nine-hour movie, which doesn't have room for Mm -hmm. filler episodes. And whenever there is a filler episode, like imagine Stranger Things having a filler episode. Everyone would fucking hate it. They did kind of, because there there was kind of, when in that one episode in season two, uh, spoilers if you haven't watched Stranger Things, but there's like a fillery episode uh, with Eleven's character, and oh, it wasn't. And it was. It felt it, like yeah. it was directed by someone who didn't understand the '80s in the same way that the mm. Duffy Brothers understand the '80s, or the mm-hmm. same lens. Ooh, there we go. Oh. Uh, but uh, either way, although it f- rather is also, it a new lens. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it also felt just kind of like a filler episode and i think um 
TV these days doesn't have like room for it. And I love filler episodes being done well. Like I think of shows like Supernatural where like most of the show is filler episodes and it's all great, you know? And like... You're a Supernatural fan? Well, like early, early Supernatural. I haven't watched <laughs> okay. it lately. I heard that it ended and I heard the ending was controversial. It's... Holy shit. I'm not a Supernatural fan, but oh my God. The shit they did during election week oh. was insane. Like, I kind of want to know. Now I kind of want to dive back in the show. Uh, let's uh, get into this episode, though, Gary. Uh, yeah, I can recap? recap it pretty quick and pretty easy. Because it's, uh, as we've kind of talked about, it feels almost fillery in its presentation of the episode. Uh, mm. We start off with Azula, Zuko, May, Tai Lee, all on a boat on their way to the beach, which is why the episode is titled as such. They're going to uh, Ember Island, where they've gone as kids because their father is sending them away while he does some preparations. I think that's important to Mm -hmm. note. Um, So they're going to this beach, and basically, while they're there, they try to fit in with, like, normal people that are just, like, at the beach. And they're all, like, royalty and, like, warriors and... Um, Captain Midnight in his video kind of points out the fact that they're not just royalty, like the ones that aren't are warriors or like Ty Lee mm. is like of the circus, like none of them are normal <laughs> sure. and they're trying to fit in. And in doing so, they end up playing a game of volleyball that they go way overboard in burning the net <laughs> and just like destroying like the ball. And I think it's called something else in the uh, trivia I was looking over, but it's a fictional avatar game. So that's kind of cool, but it's basically volleyball. Mm. Um, They get invited to a party somehow after this game and uh, all show up and kind of have a pretty shitty time, uh, mostly due to uh, their inability to fit in, which is it's like a classic fish out of water story. But also Zuko is having a lot of trouble dealing with Um, his own emotions and how he is trying to connect with may about them who is his Mm. girlfriend still at this point so at this party he's like seeing her talk to other dudes and getting really uh jealous and um rightfully so eventually she dumps his ass and he gets pissed (laughs) off and leaves and goes back to the place that like kind of drew them there in the first place which is the uh like island home that they went to as a family when they were kids we get some flashback stuff which we'll talk about and uh the episode ends with the uh whole gang kind of uh returning to this spot but near the beach and burning things from this old house releasing their emotions and talking through it's almost like therapy that's the end like group therapy the end of this episode um B plot of this episode, only a couple scenes, but they are dope, are Mm -hmm. uh, Aang and the gang being, we see the return of this tattooed eye on forehead dude. (laughs) And we're like, what's up with that eye? And we figure it out. He is able to just make things explode with it. And Mm -hmm. he is chasing them. And that's the deal with that. That's all we know. And that's what's kind of going on. That's the episode. That was kind of a longer recap. Sorry, but uh, no, that's I that's like about I like this episode a lot more when I watched it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you felt that because I know how we both went into it feeling the same way. Where it was like, I don't know if this episode is like necessary or not. But then as I was watching it, I was so digging it. What do you got to say? I liked say? it. 
I, I liked it a lot more than I remembered liking it. I do think mm-hmm. there's still some ways that scenes are handled in it that feel like they've done much more nuanced and important character development and progression than is achieved here. Like in other episodes, you mean? Like yeah, they've done I, it better? I feel like so much of what they've done in the show and we've seen them accomplish so far is much more nuanced and like digestible and like feels like it fits in. Like I don't think that the character this, progression yeah. provided is unimportant and I don't think that like the show would be better without this episode or anything, which I might have felt before, but I do think it is not done as organically as it has been in the past. I just I just think that the reason it's done I the like for me I think the the last like 10 minutes mm-hmm. is might be what we were talking about when they're just like monologuing about their traumas around a fire. Yeah. Um the thing like what that that kind of struck me as like okay it was a little ham-handed but we just don't I prefer it like this than to have us like cuz hmm, the reason that the other character development seems a lot more natural is I I think they we spend more time with um with like the like the members of the gang where you can like just kind of sprinkle stuff in and this is their like well we've got one episode we've got basically a bottle episode with these with these bad guys Mm -hmm. let's develop their characters so that we can then focus back on the gang i don't know that's that's what it felt like to me it makes sense and and i i agree with that and i think that's like I don't know how else they would have done it, but it does still feel like it's an episode that sticks out to me in not necessarily a good way. It's, mm. I think, important to note that um, one of the first pieces of trivia I read was that this episode was going to be an Ang and the Gang episode and the beach stuff was going to be B-plot yep. and they decided to flip-flop it. And yep. I feel like that kind of is why that feeling maybe exists. And I totally get that feeling. I think uh, we'll get to an example later where I think the writing of the show is so good that them just being like, this is a thing I'm trauma, I'm like traumatized about. And like the way they do it, it's so just like, oh, but in a way that works, we'll get there. But yeah. um, I do think that 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 flipping of the roles of where we would usually have like a gang centered around or episodes centered around the gang and, you know, get some B plot with the Fire Nation guys. But I also kind of like like in the, the video that Captain Midnight made, he talked about how he really appreciated that that difference in this episode mm-hmm. being like a flip of that role. And uh, he he recognized, I think, a lot of the complaints we just brought up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'll talk about some of the things that he brought up that he really liked that yeah, he shined a light on wish, for me, um, but it's it. later in the episode. So, uh, for now, let's start talking about it from the beginning so we don't get ahead of ourselves. Cause I know like those last 10 minutes mm-hmm. feel like the whole episode almost, yeah. but this episode There's is a like more a really funny episode too, specifically. A lot happens. So the first shot that we get here is this oh classic seal hippo thing. <laughs> what, I, what what two animals do you did you read from this? Honestly, I thought it was a Pokemon. I was just like, it's a Pokemon, <laughs> and or like honest, like that wasn't the initial thought I had. But what the initial yeah. thought I had was. We're uh, gonna be seeing some Water Nation or some like Water Tribe. Uh, sure, something going I mean, on yeah, for shots. I forgot like that this episode started on them and pick. You know, like I thought maybe it was gonna. 
I don't I have no idea why, but it just struck me with a water vibe because yeah. we're traveling on water and then seeing Fire Nation just instantly kind of like went, oh, what? I'm going to say like hippo seals is uh, <laughs> the vibe that I got. They even have this like Fire Nation like saddle on them, but they're pulling the ship along, which is interesting. I don't know. You you don't often see that with. Yeah. You don't see you the know, Fire Nation utilizing uh, nature. You see them burning it for its. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Like resources. coal to make yeah. an engine go. Um, but immediately you get the context of where they're going mostly through Zuko kind of complaining about it. They say they're going to the beach and he's like, Oh, we're just going to do nothing there. And he says, we're basically being given this forced vacation because dad is meeting with his advisors or whatever, which is interesting. Like, yeah, the, the, the fire Lord is forcing his kids away so that he can do government shit because in the past they have literally snuck into his meetings. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like even as li- as little kids and right. uh, probably throughout their age too. I'm curious what the meeting is that's so important that he needs to send these uh, send these guys yeah, away. I don't know. You know, I hope we find out later on. And if we don't, then uh... this was a plot device. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. We love a device. But I think. I think we do. That. I don't know, but I'm curious, which is an important. Yeah, that's important. Sure. You know, it makes me wonder. They say they're going to this house on Ember Island, which is actually I. I feel like it's been mentioned like once or twice before, just in passing, um, as a location. Yeah, like in on the map or something. Map. I've heard the name either right. that or just seeing it. And this is where we get context that. This is the house where they would come as kids, like sort of their vacation home. These This royal family obviously has some house on a beach island where they go to relax, which, you know, you don't think about that facet. It's not really something that's been given as far as, you know, context of the Fire Nation in general. Like, yeah, I mean, the even war generals, I mean, specifically war generals, like in reality, they're rich motherfuckers who have rich vacation home to go to so that they can go and relax and not think about the atrocities that they're unleashing upon the world. Um, They roll up on Ember Island and these two women that we've seen before, these sort of sages who have always been like, you know, in front of Azula announcing, Azula has brought down the fire, the Earth Nation. She killed the Avatar. Like, when we saw her, saw them training her too, they were even like, right. one hair off. And they seemed like, oh shit. Like, and Azula yeah. is scary as fuck. So imagining like these two like mm. old ladies telling her what the fuck to do. Shit, you know? And then we just, in this context, are complete, that is completely reverted within a second, which I think is one of the things that, like, younger me was like, I don't like that. And I think older me likes that. Like, I think watching this episode in the context of what the episode is, being an episode that's going to dive deeper, having realized that each season has its own thing this season's thing is showing us that the fire nation is more than right and yeah. then the fire nation attacked you know what i mean and this is just a whole nother facet of that i mean it might be a little bit of a stretch to imagine these women who are like you know 
The Fire Nation uh, fell yeah. and the Avatar fell. Now being the like, welcome, Island, welcome to the kids. island home. But at the same time, right. it's not that hard to imagine. Because yeah. like, that's how life is, you know? Well, yeah, that that's like a huge purpose of this episode is that like... And I think one reason I give it more credit, even though it doesn't hit me in a perfect way, it is like showing the weird, goofy ways that the humanity of these like huge, terrible figures manifests itself. Mm-hmm. Like that is important and interesting. It just like it feels weird and it's supposed to feel weird. But like seeing these ladies who've been built up as like it, yes. this very intimidating presence just be beach ladies is is weird and it feels like it's undercutting That's... what has been established a little bit but i know the purpose it's really serving is to fill it out it's similar to the first time we see the fire lord being like right, almost sure. undercutting yeah. the buildup, but being humbling in a way that makes you mm-hmm. go wait a second i know these people and now I know these ladies. Like, I know ladies like this. I did not know ladies like the ones that they were presented as before. And now I have an even better time believing that these ladies were the ones uh, oh. driving that tank <laughs> That's right. thing That's right. in the chase. <laughs> being like, all right, grab another piston. <laughs> you know, and like being in the engine room with like steampunk. Grab like, another piston. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> Shut I'm up. sorry, I just had to. I know um, things. Something carburetor. They walk something. into this house and Zuko says it smells like old lady, which is a little bit insensitive. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That is a specific spell, and also these but ladies it, are. It's such a teen. It's such a teen moment. It is. Like that's what this episode is really about. Like azula who brought down the earth kingdom is also a teen like zuko i mean we we we've been knew that zuko was a teen but like all of these other all four of them are teens like to let zuko be like it smells like old ladies i'm like yeah dog you're 16 (laughs) of course you think that yeah that's fair especially like their reactions to the paintings of or uh, the painting of these two ladies when they were younger like you know doing a pose and then they do it and all of <laughs> these teenagers are like Ew, which like i'm never gonna grow old yeah like it's a very teenager never be me. <laughs> yeah oh yeah it is and it's it is a very it's a thing that i think i thought was very funny as a kid and now i just kind of smirk like in uh nostalgic like Oh, yeah. you, oh, you, you don't children. understand. You know what I mean by that? Uh, I've lived so many years. <laughs> One day you'll grow up and realize what dicks it, you're being. In 10 years, you'll know. <laughs> and I feel like in like 15 more years, I'm going to be just angry at yeah. that. Oh, yeah. You know, it's similar to the vibe where when you're at Wendy's and when you're like a little kid, you see like teenagers and you're like afraid of them. And then you're a teenager and you're loud at Wendy's <laughs> and you see a family and you're like, oh, shit, I'm totally yep. making their lunch worse, aren't I? And then you're a dad and you're like, fuck <laughs> these teenagers. I'm going to go fucking talk to them and tell them to shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? But then in like the 10 years after being a teen, you become afraid of teens again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're right. We've all heard my chemical romance. <laughs> <laughs> teenagers do scare the living shit out of me. Um, 
Copyright Gerard Way. Uh, these ladies are still sort of serving their like wisdom purpose, though. They they even bestow this notion that like Ember Island is a place that you you should give it a chance because you will it it will uh clear things away. It will make you understand yourselves and others uh much better, which is is interesting. I think the thing that would make me like this more is who presents the information. It feels a little, yeah. as much as the goofy them is fun, because it's like, that's behind what they are. They don't seem like the kind of people who give a shit about clearing their stone when we know that they're like sure yeah. evil, malevolent generals, maybe. You know what right. I mean? I wish that they had just come across that statement like the Amber Island will reveal to you who you truly are um, in a gift shop. <laughs> ah that would i want to totally, see yes my would... fire lord went all the way to ember island and all i got was a stupid t-shirt hanging right next to ember island will reveal to you who you are oh my God. That, yes yeah. uh we leave this scene with them going time to hit the beach and they take off their robes and they're wearing uh i mean old lady beach outfits basically uh, which again, you get the teenage moment of them being like, um, which fucking whatever, man, like people can go to the beach, whatever age, mm-hmm. uh, we, we get our first cut over to Ang and the gang here and they're having a little relaxation in this little pool and Toph is telling Ang to cover up and Ang's like, what? I'm wearing trunks. Like whatever. And she's like, no, you're tattoos, dude. Like what the fuck? And she's blind. Yeah. She's the one thinking about this and she's blind. Yeah. But what she the knows to tell him that, you know, Ang is so stupid in this moment, yeah. but I'm so glad there is a character to be like, dude, your tattoos. Your tattoos. Where's Sokka? Like, why didn't Sokka go, your tattoos? Yes, you'd think Sokka would dive there and be like, stop! You know, and put on his <laughs> no! beard and be like, Wayne Fire says to go to your room. I also feel like <laughs> when Sokka's going to relax, he's going to fucking relax. You know what I mean? That's yeah, dick so true. out. <laughs> we just learned that. <laughs> Not quite that far. But, uh... <laughs> although i don't know we don't see him a whole lot in this scene so who knows what's going on off off uh camera but katara assures Toph that it's perfectly safe there they're away from everybody else and it's a calm little pool and right as she's saying how safe it is ang gets into this like earth water slide thing like this tube yeah. of earth like what the hell is this now that you mentioned how safe it is i'm gonna go outside right. of it uh yeah and then he leaves that area i and... always love a good sliding down a cave tunnel goonies thing still haven't seen the goonies this is chocolate oh, so many God. times on this podcast i reveal myself to have not seen essential movies i'm sorry it's okay that's part of the point of this podcast too yeah. is that yeah you know we will reveal uh as we watch them but i always love a good just here we go whoa <laughs> camera follows them down you know it's well animated but it is stupid Mm -hmm. of ang because immediately we get these two fire nation like guards sitting there and they're like why are we even posted here it's so boring nothing ever happens and right as they're saying that the fucking avatar (laughs) pops out of this hole (laughs) and is like bouncing up and down with momo on his head showing his tattoos air bends away and they're like Oh my god. Whoa! <laughs> uh, the avatar's alive. We need to send a message right away. And they roll this scroll into a tube on the back of a messenger hawk and fly it away. 
so now we get back to the actual beach in question. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's a, a beach of black sand, which actually they say uh, in, in the trivia. I don't know. I, I didn't check the sources all the way back, but it's from, you know, like soot and ash from the volcano on this island. That uh, this Yeah, is there's island, a lot of black cool. sanded beaches in Hawaii, actually, yeah, which yeah, yeah. has uh, islands that are similarly just a volcano. That mm. is the island, you know. Uh, we see Zuko and May walking out on onto this beach and... They they just look unhappy, like looking around, very like criticizing everything. And there's something about the way that the, this relationship is feeling in this moment because we've seen them like uh, quote unquote happy together. Like they they mm -hmm. their happy vibes being unhappy with sync each other. Up. Yeah, happy with their unhappiness in the the world, like vibing on that. But something seems off with them in general from moment one. It's not just like Zuko's actions in general. Like I think they do a good job of laying a base that. This just seems a little weird, and they are doing the unhappy thing, but it's not quite as like, I hate the world. I hate the world, too. Uh, you know, like, mm -hmm. something feels Captain off. Midnight talks about that a lot in his video, too, being a, a specific aspect of this episode he appreciates is mm -hmm. how they handle their relationship yeah. and make you care more about it for the rest of the show, whether or not, you know, how their relationship unfolds. Now I kind of care more rather than... I feel like the way we felt about it before was a little bit... All right, so he's just got a Fire Nation girlfriend now. Yeah, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean. I was just gonna, I, I was gonna talk about how, um, like when they get to the beach, uh, Tylee immediately has all these boys that are just like, like cartoon wolves, just like eyes popping out of their heads <laughs> over her, basically. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Zuko and uh, May are together, and when it cuts to Azula, she notices the beach volleyball. You're like, oh, she's alone, like. Mm. Everyone else has like gone into like pairs or coupled up and she and I and I think that's why she's like, let's go play beach volleyball because she kicks over a, a castle, turns around and like all of her friends are busy. Yeah. And, and so hmm, interesting. I don't know. I didn't clock it, that. It kind of this this whole episode to me kind of feels like the loneliness of Azula. Hmm. That, and so that was the first time I really noticed it. Like, oh, she um like all of her friends are busy right now. And it's also interesting because one of the reasons why is because she chose to go over and be mean to someone instead of sit down with uh, mm -hmm. May or chill. Zuko or go over and hang with Ty Lee. The right. first thing she wanted to do was ruin someone's day. It's kind of like <laughs> showing where there's like a cycle in her behavior mixed with exactly. her loneliness. Yeah. Azula this is Azula. also the first time that I was struck by, um, okay, so Zuko now has plenty of hair his hair is like the same style as a couple other people mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. every person or every dude has a bun yeah has a, like a little man bun that's yep. still a thing he has not yet decided to re-embrace and You're i right. think that's symbolic and we'll talk more about why probably later in this episode but he could he has enough hair you know yeah and like he wore it when he went to see his dad for the first time. So he clearly is yeah. like upholding the you tradition know. in circumstances he absolutely needs to, to for like appearances. But you're right. Like I noticed that too. Like even this one of the dudes has like a classic a 90s, skater dude like haircut. short spiky hair 
and there's a bun yeah. sticking out in the back. There, like yes, it's it's a it would be a very odd way to grow out your hair, but like that's that that's part of the tradition. It's ha- just how men present. You gotta themselves. have a bun. Yeah. Um, Weird relationship with honor that he's got going on right now. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. So they uh they they do decide to go over to this um uh uh. Basically, volleyball, I believe in the trivia I saw it was called uh, Kauai Ball, which is basically yeah. just like we're going to – is uh, one of the it Hawaiian islands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, Zuko gets up and he does the whole like whoosh, like casting aside his thing. Honestly, like, I love it Zuko's so much. Zuko's hot too. <laughs> it's so Don't awesome. Worry, he's hot. <laughs> it's like seagulls fly behind him and it's like the doves it's very of an anime. action movie. And it's yeah, so anime. I love it so much. There's but a... then I even love – of the cutting to all like where where did these girls come from but there are like four girls just like yeah gawking right. over him yeah um <laughs> amazing they got to them uh in a huddle before this game and they're doing this planning which of course like azula who has spent her days just like planning military coups and stuff. She she's planning. She notices uh, an injury, a, a weak spot to exploit in, yeah. in the opposite team. She's like she's been favoring one leg, which highly suggests that there was an injury on her foot as a child. We'll target her, and then they shall be uh, taken down. She even ends the like little huddle by saying dismissed. <laughs> Like, oh, which wow, they I all do that. yeah like no one no one's like uh they're all like they're all oh absolutely like, yep. no yeah yeah dismiss, no they all 100%. have a look of determination throughout this whole mm-hmm. volleyball match and then, which is yeah, what i'm gonna call it because i just think it's... own them yeah i mean like, oh my yeah. god but what's also important to note here is that the other people playing against them aren't like whoa wait fuck oh shit mm-hmm. After yeah. the first time they own them, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, we need to up our game. I think, like, what they do isn't against the rules. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they're no. playing yeah. within, I think, benders and people with, like, just, like, really good athletic skills are just going to be better at this kind of a game, you know? And Except they just... it's, it's, it's like when you're in, like, middle school gym and there's that kid who just, like, lays out anytime he goes to, like, spike a dodgeball and you're like, okay, <laughs> this is... Yeah. It's 8 a.m. and we're in seventh grade. This you feels to... not okay. My, I think yeah. my finger is broken. I don't yeah. think that should have happened. I think exactly. The, this scene is a good sort of display as well of some of the, some of my feelings about this episode because the purpose of it is to, sh- in my mind, is to show that they don't, they have not been able to embrace the side of being young, being a child yeah. that is enjoying mm-hmm. something just for the fun of it. Like they are playing mm-hmm. this game to fucking win and they do it and they go hard, which is what you have to do in the real world to like succeed in battle and stuff like that. Like you're not yeah, doing it for yeah. the enjoyment of it. So they've lost out on that. But the thing about this show is that thus far the balance that they have played giving you both like childlike wonder and the most badass stuff you've ever seen in your entire life has been so smooth and organic that like putting them and drawing attention to it so specifically it feels odd to me that i don't know to draw attention to the balance that has been so organically laid through the show so far do you get what i mean by that i do i think what it what it makes me think of is like 
when people try and turn Aang into a weapon, hmm. but um, because he comes from such a spiritual background, that's like who you are is really important too. Like mm-hmm. when the um, or when like the Earth Kingdom tries to scare like like traumatize him into going to the avatar state he has katara and he has sokka there to be like it's not worth it Mm -hmm. he's a kid you have to let him be a kid you can't just destroy him to make him into a weapon Mm -hmm. i think um in the fire nation and i think with azula specifically there her there was no one who was looking out for her yeah like her her dad basically like we see this her dad turned her into this like monster basically like this this terrifying weapon of a little girl mm-hmm. um like firebending prodigy little girl and so much so that like it scared the hell out of her mom mm, yeah but and so she's like well my mom never liked me and i'm like that's not your fault your yeah. dad did that to you mm. you did he, you didn't have anyone in your corner like ang does and I yeah. think that's kind of the difference that they're drawing is that like she can like she has friends, but she doesn't have anyone who's concerned about her humanity getting lost. And like a lot of them don't have that either. Iroh is there for Zuko, but no one was there for Azula. Anyways. Yeah, no, that's that's a very, very good point. Um, They do just fucking defeat these people so bad. The the last sort of strike is this like rocketed ball that like smashes into the creates even like a little explosion and as as the explosion lights the net on fire we get this image of azula through the burning net and she says yes we have defeated you for all time your shame shall never escape you and and it's just Oh, my God. You will never rise from the ashes of your shame and humiliation. That's what it is. Thank you. Um, And uh, it's just way too much. And yet somehow they get invited to the party. I think just because of the sheer, like, bubbly um, approachability of Kylie. Yeah. It's that's it. Uh, no, and it's I, May and Tylee are hot. Like yeah, yeah that's, that's why, yeah, that, that's you why even, they get invited. I'm glad that they even go, can they come too? And they're like Yeah. Right. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I love yeah, they they invite them to this party, uh, and then Azula is like, What about me and my brother? Aren't you going to invite us? Don't you know who we are? And yeah, these two exactly. dudes are like, Don't you know who we are? We're Chan and Ron John. <laughs> Uh, I love that. Quick shout. And we're all just like, oh shit, it's Chan and Ron. Chan and Ron. They got like the skater cut still with a bun, you know. (laughs) Quick shout out to those actors' names. Uh, Chan is played by Eric Von Petten, and Ron John is played by Ross Thomas. Uh, I didn't see a whole lot on their um, uh, 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 resumes online to shout out, but uh, just thought I'd shout out those names because I do love these characters. Hey, guys, you haven't done shit since. Fuck you. Good job on the show. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. If you want to be on the podcast, I'd love to hear about what else you've done, Ross Thomas. Um, and they they express to them, like, just try and act normal if you come. Uh, and we we cut away to this scene of them sort of at the end of the day or having dinner after the beach, after the afternoon of being at the beach and talking to these uh women who are sort of housing them and talking about how they're so used to the worship and <laughs> Tylee throughout this whole episode there's a few moments where she's just like 
totally blowing smoke up Azula's ass. Um, mm-hmm. I think she also believes it a little bit, but I think it's just that that's what she has accepted as the reality and she doesn't question it too much. She's just like, Azula's mm-hmm. great because she's royalty and she's like smart and cunning and whatever. And she says that stuff and uh, Azula every time is like, yes, obviously, I know. Yeah. Um, I'm beautiful and amazing. And these women sort of reiterate this thing where you have to let the waves of this island wash over you uh, and wash away foot, like washing away, like the waves washing away footprints on a beach. Uh, they will show what uh, what remains and show you your true self, uh, which it's is... like everyone gets a fresh start or a blank slate yeah, on Ember Island. Right. So then we get a cutaway to this messenger hawk that we saw before with the very important message that the Avatar is alive going to the Fire fire Lord, um, and it's flying along, and another bird pops out from behind it, this m- fucking massive vulture. Yeah, it's a called, buzzard. Oh, a, I think it was called a vulture eagle. Yeah, or that something makes like that. Off. That's terrifying. Hunts this thing down, like wraps it up with its own ribbons and chokes this Which, thing basically takes the message of the ribbon i loved the context that was given um when the message was sent one of the guys goes man it's crazy we got to send a black ribbon hmm. so you immediately oh, think oh I so when you're that. sending like a really important message yeah. you have to tie a black ribbon to it which is both really smart to be able to show us how this guy knew that that was going to the fire nation mm-hmm. but as a tactic kind of not smart so because anyone would be like take that down you know what i mean yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's also a good way to know like oh that's important information we need to make sure that that Mm -hmm. bird gets to where it's going like if there was i don't know like a an army of ships below it or something maybe they would change course and follow the bird i don't know so this vulture gets this letter and we see it perch like land on this metal arm we recognize from a couple episodes ago this guy who was hired by zuko to hunt down the avatar and we see him take out the letter and unfurl it and we don't know what this guy can do but he looks menacing as hell and then we get our first inclination as the letter in one single spot starts to just uh uh it looks Ignite? like the leaf in Ignite, the episode yeah. where ang learns how to fire bend yeah. as as it goes from the middle of the leaf and burns out and the point of that episode is to show a firebender's control mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this is the opposite of that as the whole page just turns yep. to nothing Wild. well we don't fully see it happen but you know we like zoom in and it's the dudes mm-hmm. but it's the forehead eye that clearly is making first, it happen clearly making it yeah Oof. um spooky spooky we cut back over to uh, Chan and Ron John's house uh, as the four of them arrive way too early. And, way too early. Uh, just the just the worst, and they don't even really understand why it's why it's awkward. Azula, this is just their like, first party ever. I heard know? that you were going to be partying from dusk till dawn. It's dusk. It's like uh, we're, we're perfect party guests. Yes, we're right. perfect party guests. Yeah, and you can't. That's not something you can like declare of yourself which you can (laughs) be like i am your fucking leader Dai lee like listen to me like the confidence and that sort of thing it it makes sense you like why that has worked for in the past doesn't work in the circumstances. although there always seems to be someone at the party that tries yeah right it has the vibe of the party king (laughs) everyone's like no just please get off the table (laughs) yeah 
announcing that you're the perfect party guest has very much had the vibe of I was a delight to have in class. Right. <laughs> like, mother yeah. says my table manners oh, are flawless. God. Yeah. Accurate. It's just like, oh, no, you're a nerd. Yeah. Like, you're terrifying. <laughs> um, here's another detail that I feel like makes me unsettled about this. Uh, again, like, I'm, I'm just trying to explain... Why I've had the feelings about this episode mm, I've no, had in the past. You can't. I, Sorry, <laughs> we're only allowed I, I, to have utter enthusiasm for no, only every only good things about this episode. I think it's interesting show. because I do like this episode, but it's interesting for to 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 like actually verbalize these things. This guy says that mm-hmm. his dad is an admiral, so he's away and he doesn't know that he's throwing this party. So it's a total like my parents are away and I'm throwing a party, which. It's cool that they're layering in, like, his dad's an admiral, so he's away. Like, mm-hmm. he, the military is even... Yep. Like, Ember Island is a place that feeding important its way in kids through go. That. But also, with all of the storylines we've had in this show so far, this is why it feels weird to me. Like, even the headband feels weird when he's, like, in class, but there were so much, like, larger things in context of the show going on. We already understand all of that stuff. Like, there's nothing terribly new as far as like world building being presented here it's just like a kids throwing a house party while their parents are away episode in a show that has been so far removed from like that aspect of real life that it feels incongruous with with what has been established in the show you know what i mean it's just it's so domestic in a in a in a tv show that's about war yeah and it's so weird to it's but it's like it's again it's so weird to think about the mo the thing that these kids are worried most about is oh no my dad's gonna come home and see that right. his house is wrecked like yeah. that is the worst that worst case scenario is that yeah. worst case scenario for everybody all the other kids in this show is like my people death. don't die <laughs> everybody yeah. I know dies and yeah. they're like oh weekend at Bernie's yeah 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 I think deciding to make an episode like this is bold and it's pulled off but the fact that it's bold is something that like the reasons for it are things that are easily things you know you might not vibe with which is that utter wait a second it's almost like your head your brain goes to a stop (laughs) when he's sitting in a classroom Mm -hmm. compared to him you know uh flying overhead talking about defeating the fire lord you know what i mean and in this it's a similar thing but i think i love that the contextualization of why these kids are there too you know what i mean like everyone on ember island is being sent there because all of these war generals are being called on a meeting right now Mm -hmm. and like there's something really important going down or about to go down but we are at a fucking beach party yeah you know it's supposed to be like that i think in the same way that uh this whole episode just is like hard it's hard for them to vibe with it similar for as it is for us i think like uh azula is us in this episode in the Mm -hmm. weirdest way possible do you know what i mean by that like Mm -hmm. her acting like a fucking war general at a at a party Hmm. like is that aspect of Mm -hmm. the show that we're used to clashing with the real world that we're not used to seeing you know what i mean by that Mm -hmm. and it almost Mm -hmm. 
doesn't work maybe for some people sometimes. And for me, I think it works most of the episode. The thing that didn't work for me mostly was like Lee and Lou being like brought about as like her trainers. And now they're, I don't know, like she didn't even acknowledge the fact. Like, I don't know. I feel like if it was Iroh, Zuko would be like, Iroh, what are you doing here? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. But anyway. Well, that's well that's like I th- I think she just sees them. She doesn't see them as cl- as closely as Zuko sees Iroh. Hmm. Um maybe that's that's why she was she was like your servants, well. that's why you're here. Right. Yeah, but like um, will they ever be able to train her and her take them seriously again mm-hmm. now? Yeah. I don't know, oh, no. you know. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh I think why this this episode feels so weird is that um most of the show feels so timeless and mm. I think this episode is an 80s movie. Hmm. Uh, just Similar like every, to the headband, it, it's <laughs> basically oh, yeah, because it's footloose. but it's um, it's like a beach movie. It's like a a a, a party movie, like teen romance, a little like I feel, feel and and at the end when they're all like just monologuing, it kind of feels like um, like the Breakfast Club. Yeah. So, but it, so but it feels like I'm really glad you said that because that is actually like the breakfast club was something that everyone studied when making that this episode for real yeah well that makes sense like it feels like the whole episode feels like a john hughes movie like it feels very like small potatoes teen problems and that's why but it feels so weird because it's like what if in the middle of like a movie about the war in vietnam there was just like 15 minutes of pretty in pink like that's what it feels like <laughs> yeah yeah totally mm-hmm. and that's why it feels a little incongruous but I, it's like i think it's a great episode and i love the this this peek into the teen life of the fire nation mm-hmm. do you have that uh azula quote on hand eva <laughs> yeah let me pull it up oh my god this is like this is the this is the funniest part of this entire show i think the, <laughs> that's a sharp outfit chan careful you could puncture the hull of an empire class fire nation battleship leaving thousands to drown at sea because it's so sharp (laughs) she's the funniest i honestly there's a moment in this episode another azula moment similar to that i think is maybe my favorite comedic moment in the whole show Mm. Uh, (gasps) is it is it later in the episode where she it's, and Chan are talking out on the balcony? Yeah, and which we're about like, to get and, to, honestly. So yeah. <laughs> basically, we see in this party, everyone kind of doing their thing. We see that Zuko is like really like he's just trying to I think he's just trying to find reasons to be like, what's wrong with you, May? Yeah, you're so absolutely. down. Like, what what the hell? Yeah. Like, let yeah. me get you something. And it's like, that's just that's. You're He's at a party really and you both don't like either. it. He's just finding an excuse to be to be a dick to a guy, and yeah, like it's mm-hmm. weird. It's it's a, clearly there's something internally going on with him that's causing him to almost act out of character. Mm-hmm. I'm oh, yeah. pissed off at Zuko in this episode throughout it, but there is a release later that makes me feel how May yeah. does, which is what I like about this episode. Um, then we it's see Ty Lee's point of view at the party. And I am so glad what happens happens. Basically, guys are like swarming her and Mm -hmm. all are like, do you like me? Do you like me? Do you like me? And she's like, well, I like all of you. They're like, no, but do you, who do you like? Like, oh my God. And she just knocks them all out. Yeah. She literally. (laughs) But it's just like, thank 
god i'm just it's it's a moment that i live for honestly when that happens and then she like does a backflip out mm -hmm. from like the pile of like knocked out giant male bodies yeah i love it it's 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 something it's so cool and it's so badass but it's also like it's so whack that she got pushed to the point of violence. Oh, like she yeah. didn't do that. It's just like gross. She didn't just like punch someone in the face. She and like came closed up to her. her eyes out of fear before yeah. she. If exactly. you notice, like she's not just doing it. And it's funny because she knows she's gonna kick their ass. Like that's oh, also yeah. why she's closing her eyes. But she doesn't um, want to. Like that's no. That's, yeah, see, that's the thing. It's like it's really cool, and we're all like, "Yeah, girl boss." But it's all. But it's like she didn't. She didn't have to do that. She it was just have that to like. Do that. And then having to have Azula be like, well, it's your fault. You're a tease. And then she cries. Yeah. She gets criticized for like being in that circumstance that she didn't want to be in. And then exactly by this person that she clearly like, I mean, unwarranted looks up to. Mm -hmm. I personally think that that's a misstep in this episode's writing. I feel like specifically the writing of Ty Lee's struggles and how they show her seeking attention i'm doing air quotes Mm -hmm. uh she's just cute (laughs) yeah like there she's not like yes she orders boys around Mm -hmm. but they come up to her like Mm -hmm. it's not i don't know like i think it's handled a little poorly in in its uh and then yeah and then i think this moment also feels a little bit like uh would this really happen azula apologizes and admits mm-hmm. that she's jealous. Yeah. And says, that's, yeah, I'm a that's kind of a wild of turn. What of the attention you get. And to me, I think this and a later moment in the episode are both like, this feels not right. But once you've finished the show, and this isn't the spoiler alert, I think it's something to be re explored. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so. She says that, and Ty Lee gives her advice to just laugh mm-hmm. when just smile guys and laugh say, just smile and laugh at like everything. And she makes an example and laughs really loud, and the entire party stops and turns. Classic trope. Yeah, I like. I always like it, but uh, then she, <laughs> I this leads to like my favorite, some of my favorite comedy on this entire show. I mean it. She goes up and finds, is it Chan? Who is the, yeah, it's she Chan. finds Chan, who's the uh, son of the owner of this house. And is like, mm-hmm. Chan, I'm ready for a tour. And yes. he takes her, uh, he just gets this look on his face. He's like, all right. And he like gets <laughs> up and he just takes her out to the balcony. That's the yeah. tour, you know, like there's right. no other room in this house. And uh, he makes some comment that's not funny. I forget what it is. <laughs> it's pretty nice. If you like sand. <laughs> and she, she laughs, loses her mind. Like fake yeah. laughs. But she's, you know, better she at it now after yeah, having yeah. not pulled it off inside. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, yeah, like Sandy, he's sanding with sand pants. What does he say? <laughs> like yeah, Sandyland. like Sandyland. <laughs> yeah. And then she laughs harder. And <laughs> the look that he gets on his face of, oh, I've got this. Yeah. makes me have to pause the show because I laugh out loud for like seconds. So Just him yeah. being like, <laughs> yeah. I'm so funny. <laughs> I've got this. You know? It's yeah. so funny to me. And then it threat. leads to her realizing, oh, I've got this. And yeah. she's vibing with him. And do you by chance, Eva, have the quote for what she says to him? Well, they actually kiss oh. first. She compliments his yeah, arm. 
And she's like, wow, what strong arms you have. Uh, and then they kiss. He's like, yeah. And now knowing that they've kissed, which probably like, do you think this happened to Azula before? Has she? I, I think know. it's Azula's first kiss, dude. Yeah. Because again, she's 14 years old. Right. And she gets so hyped by it that she responds in the only way that she knows, which is. <laughs> which is uh, in massive hyperbole. Yep. She's like, your arms are so strong. And he's like, you're pretty. And she goes, yes, together, you and I will be the strongest couple in the entire world. And she's like, <laughs> we <laughs> will dominate fire, the earth. Which is already intimidating, I'm sure, even to oh, someone yeah. who can firebend. Blue fire is probably like, what? You know? Yeah. So, like, it's extra. This is like when Galadriel turns oh, evil God. for a second yeah, to show yeah. Frodo a glimpse at what could be. With me, you would have a queen. It's like always what it reminds me of. I think his reaction, though, is one of my, is the other. His first reaction of, I've got this. And then this reaction of being like, he's got just, and then a dove flying by behind him with dot, 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 dot. And then, and then, yeah, he like, he like cardboard cut out, like scoots away. It's the most anime moment ever. This this whole ep has been incredibly anime, but it's just like he turns in, like I know they're cartoon characters, but he turns into a cartoon character. Oh, yes. Yes. It's so He turns funny, into a cartoon man. character in an animated universe. Like, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, it's like when in an animated universe, they find a picture of themselves and they're like, wow, it looks like me. And it's just like a stick figure. And you're like, so that's yeah. animation in the animated universe. <laughs> it's yeah. wild. Azula only knows how to give, like, terrifying general pep talks. She doesn't know how to be, like, a normal person. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, and I love that. I think I think this is the moment that, like, makes me love this stuff in the exactly. episode. Like, everything so far, I've been like, I don't know if I dig this yet. But then the Chan exit. I'm like, yes, I dig this. <laughs> and then we see Zuko uh, fuck up. Yeah, he's bringing food and... back for May, and he bumps <laughs> into a guy, and he's like, hey, that food was for my cranky girlfriend. <laughs> like, fuck you, man. <laughs> yeah. And then this dude, like, has aggression back at him, and he literally just, like, holds his hand out and then it's... just knocks his, the, the butt of it's his, kinda the, fucking the dope. heel of his hand. Oh, it's it's so badass, but, like, again... This episode is like their approach to like doing badass shit and like strong arming through does not make sense in this circumstance. And it's way too fucking overreaction of this. It's not yes. a propo- it's not a proportionate response. Yes. Yeah. Not at all. And that's that's the theme of the whole episode. None of the like neither of the oh, do they have a last name? Azula, Azula and Zuko. Oh, uh. No. Yeah. So neither of those like have are having proportionate responses to regular shit. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have a last name, do they? they I don't. know. That's I'm, I'm, I'm thinking think about that it. now. I like that May reacts how she does. She's like you. You're because just blowing up me. over everything. Like yeah, she's he addressing is, how know? not cool he's being, and Zuko responds in a pretty not cool way, saying like, "It's better than you. You have no passion for anything." And rightfully so, yeah, she's like, hey, this is over. Like, I can't mm-hmm. do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and she walks away from him. <laughs> Leading to another one of my favorite comedy moments. Nana's <laughs> face. Guy, 
that what you're talking about? The guy being like, what does he say to him? He's like, have fun by yourself, loser, loser boy. boy. And then his friend goes, nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, nice. No, it wasn't. That was a terrible yeah. joke. Uh, we cut to Zuko alone on the beach. Zuko alone. Um, on the beach, uh, looking over this house and uh, walking back to this house and looking things over. And this is where we get these sepia tone, slightly different art mm-hmm. style flashbacks. Uh, one of which we've seen before. But um, mm-hmm. we see a bunch of it. We, we see kids playing. The one that really just crushes me is he has this memory of Iroh holding mm-hmm. him up as a baby with Iroh's son as a slightly yeah. older child next to him. I watched yeah, that and I, I couldn't tell I if that was supposed to be Azula crying. or if that was supposed to be um, Iroh's son. Like if that yeah. is supposed to be Azula and Zuko or if it's supposed to be Zuko and Iroh's son. But like the ages work out that. So I, I, I paused and watched that bit again. But yeah, it's definitely Zu- uh, uh, Iroh's son and, and, and baby Zuko. And when you Zuko. think about zuko's reaction to finding out he died then it like yeah. even more oh, yeah, makes so you know right. you know they were friends mm-hmm. it was probably one of those i'm sure we've had those relationships in in family where you have like a cool older cousin or yeah, yeah. a cool like 100%. family friend that's older than you and you're like oh i hope i get to see them at the function you know <laughs> yeah. i think that's what luten was to zuko mm-hmm. but yeah that's when i that's when the waterworks started this moment like it's hmm. jarringly different than what we were just experiencing, but I think it smoothly yeah. moves through it. Mm-hmm. And when he puts his hand on the baby, oh, his own hand print of cement. cement I don't know yeah. why, man. It like oh. I was like <laughs> growing up. Like, it's sucks. growing up, but also especially for him who his life is like he so had a relationship with his parents and like yeah. The hand on his shoulder cutting to the hand on his mm-hmm. shoulder in like a loving grasp mm-hmm. of his memory of that. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, uh, your dad like might have actually given a shit at one point. Mm-hmm. Like there might have been that at some point, maybe. So it's the loss of innocence. It's um, it's what, what Zuko has been chasing this entire series, not just the season, but it's the thinking of if I just do X, then everything will be fine. If I just get the avatar, then everything will be fine. My dad will love me again and we'll go back to the way it was before. But as we know, as people who are growing old, mm. um, it can't, you can't really go back to the way it was before. Even if you literally do the exact same things. If you come back mm. to Ember Island, if right. you stay in this house again, if you're back with your dad and your sister after, after going away for a season and a half... Mm. It will just, it will be back normal and I'll feel fine and happy again. And it's the watch, look, watching him look over all those pictures and photos and you're like, and as, as it's kind of, he already knows this, but it's like really like physically sinking in that like, I can't go back. Mm-hmm. And that's such a common theme of like, that's in wartime, like wartime changes you. And also there are some things that just can't be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Like there's like his dad you know challenging him to a oh yeah God, what's it called agni kai agni kai i was gonna say an urukai but that's a different, <laughs> that's a different thing. uh his dad ca- challenging him to an agni kai like that you can't unring that bell like yeah so it's it's just really it's a devastating um reminder of everything that he has lost hmm. absolutely we get our check-in with the gang 
because there's only a little mm. bit of that in this episode. And uh, Ooh, but that little bit, oh man, this little bit is Spicy so song. good. All we've had we is, say it is, a lot. is is them being slightly not careful enough to be noticed, so that there's information out there that this uh, eye tattoo guy can know exactly where they are. That's what we've gotten. Boom. They're being unsafe. Yep. He's gotten the information, and now he knows where they are. They're asleep, and uh, Toff says, "This is gonna sound crazy, but it sounds <laughs> like a metal man is is walking towards us." And Ang gets woken up by this reflection off of, and this is another like sort of cartoon suspend your disbelief thing that like there's moonlight strong enough shining off this dude's arm way up on the cliff going exactly in his eye but you know what like it it happens um and just quick thing Sokka's uh undone hair around I his face I was just going to say yeah like I love I it it's great I love He's sleepy undone hair Sokka and then uh we find out what this dude does and this line this like line of energy like shoots out from this uh, he like takes a deep breath. Guy. Yeah. Oh, his abs like crunch in. He uses his core to shoot this out of his forehead. Yes. And then where it gets to, wherever it lands, it fucking explodes. Like it's it's it wild. Combusts. Um, Toph shoots this wave of earth up at him, and he just explodes it away. Katara shoots this giant yep. blast of water at him. He just yep. shoots it away. We see the oh. progression that we're expecting. And it's not working out the way we would expect it to. Mm -hmm. And I love it because we have just talked about for the last like three episodes over and over and over. Wow, these guys are getting so good at their bending. They can handle anything. (laughs) And then this guy walks up and he's like. (laughs) Just making their bending useless. You know, Uh, we get a quick break in the tension of that moment back to Zuko. Uh which is, you know, different kind of tension. Him musing over these things, Azula comes, and Zuko's talking about how the summers that we used to come here feels like so long ago, like sort of what we've been talking about, the separation of the past and the present and how you can never really go back and how separate it feels to him now. And Azula's just like, come on, let's go to the beach. This place is depressing. And Zuko sets down this little cement circle of his hand and physically leaves it behind. Uh Symbolism. Um, they get to the beach and May actually approaches him and tries to say, hey, and Zuko responds terribly and then doesn't understand why she shuts down at that. She's like trying to mend something. She says like, hey, and he says, where's your new boyfriend? Oh, what uh, the fuck? And then he's come like, on. I think he recognizes he was a little too hard. She's like, are you cold? And she's like, don't touch me. Um, yeah. And uh, Ty Lee's like, I'm cold. And then, I don't know, there's something about the way uh, Dante Basco, who voices Zuko, delivers this line of, I'll make a fire. Like, it's it's one of the first times in the show yeah. that we've had this notion of making something beautiful out of fire. I love a yeah. campfire. Me, personally, it's one of my favorite things in the world. It's like sitting around a fire with, with good friends and people. I just mm-hmm. did it tonight. It was beautiful. Um, and... It's we haven't gotten much of that at all. And mm-hmm. the way he says, like, I'll make a fire for us to sit around. Like Yeah. I don't know. That that's it's not really destructive, funny. it's it's warmth. Yes. And that's such an important part of fire. And Zuko's the one who's making that choice. Yeah. Exactly. You know? And that's I mean, that's we've been taking this whole time to focus on these members of the Fire Nation. And so, like, of course they know the beautiful aspects of fire. So that was mm-hmm. just like a lovely little yeah. thing. Totally. Yeah. 
Yeah. Hard cut back to explosions. <laughs> um, Aang says, everybody get on Appa. I'm going to distract him. And so it, through the dust of one of these combustions, he bursts out and he distracts this guy, leads him away. And they go into this yard of earth, earthen pillars. Uh, I almost feel like we need a musical thing for this because we say it so much. But this is one of the moments that I think of yeah. when I think of Avatar The Last Airbender in <laughs> some <laughs> contexts. <laughs> Basically, no, yeah, totally. this pillar of these pillars of earth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then uh, Aang like jumping using, through them, jumping through them. And then this moment of the dude just exploding this point of energy as Aang notices with his hand and like bends earth around that point of energy and it it like pushes Aang away and you're like oh shit he's about to like like crash through some rocks and get fucked up but then Aang is an earthbender now so he just turns and punches through the pillars oh, and it's badass it's so good it's just a great he hides moment, inside this pillar we see just his eyes oh, looking out I so he can see what's happening too. the guy sort of stomps past him and then notices him at the last moment and ang's eyes just open and he bursts out in this suit of rock and he manages to sort of get him down long enough that he can fly away and escape and get back on appa with the rest of them and Toph says, man, that was random. And Katara says, I don't know. That kind of seemed like he knew exactly who we were, which yeah. she's fucking right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually the last of what we get of the gang in this episode. They've been introduced mm-hmm. to this new threat that actually meets where their bending has gotten to. And they're on the run from him. Yeah, that's a good point. He knows exactly what their skill set is now. Yeah. Sorry. Wild. They get back. We, uh, we get back to the the this group of this group of four around the fire. Zuko starts burning these pic these old pictures of of his family, and Tylee's like, "Why are you doing that?" He's like, "What you think I care?" Like being an edgy teen and trying to act like he doesn't care about anything because he's so confused with himself. It's it's hard to watch, and I think this is well is. written. I just think I don't know something specifically about. Kazuko comes right at Ty Lee and he says, you live in a Ty Lee world where everything's just Mm -hmm. great and you walk on your hands. Quick moment of Zuko walking on his hands and just being like, yeah, see, I'm fucking badass too, which it is Mm -hmm. a little bit badass, but he's also being a dick. Um, Mm -hmm. And he calls her a circus freak. And so now we get a context on Ty Lee's life and she says, you don't know me. Like you, you don't know what it was like in my home life. I had six sisters. I was scared of being part of a matched set. And like that, that gives context also about like how, why she like tries to attract attention in a certain way to feel unique and apart from her siblings. It's totally valid. It's just something about the delivery of it makes me go. I don't feel like this belongs in the show about these massive things. And here's Ty Lee literally like falling to her knees and sobbing about how she wasn't unique being in a part of six siblings that's totally valid i'm not trying to like Mm -hmm. shit on that notion there's just something about the way this is delivered and the weight of it when we just saw ang and the gang like being exploded by combustion man that makes me go like why it it just feels off to me and it makes me go this is so much it's giving the same level of drama to like Ang discovering that his entire fucking people were slaughtered. You know what I mean? And I know that's part of the point. I don't know. I think that's something that you've talked about before too. 
in uh the ep- the actual episode where Aang found out his entire people were slaughtered mm-hmm. and Katara was like, I lost my mother. Right. Yeah. And you were like, come on. <laughs> I think that is a thing that this show decide it's like kind of just what this show holds to is mm-hmm. that like all of this is valid and yeah. sometimes maybe the uh how it cuts because we are cutting from mm-hmm. you know a life-threatening assassin assassination attempt mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. campfire uh open heart which right. is like wait but it's i think for me uh just like you said it's well written mm-hmm. and it's good writing that makes me uh really appreciate that they're doing this and i think that it's a valid response but i also mm-hmm. just now later when we see if we do see the Frio, the fire trio come back to like fight the gang, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to think about them in a very different way exactly. and see them in a very different way than I did before. That's true. Uh, Ty Lee's being, uh, she was flirty before and fun and I liked her as a character, but mm. she still could have been evil as shit. Mm. Yeah. Now I can't really think that about her. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's... after this just simple story. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really appreciate the way that they say, that she says it um talking about being raised with six sisters that look exactly like her mm. she doesn't like tell them that like it's the first time they're hearing it mm. she yeah. just talks about it because yeah. they would already know, you know my sisters, even though we yeah. don't already know it's just good writing i love stuff like that because it would be like really you know i don't know a bit forced if she was like you guys don't know but i actually have five right. sisters yeah. that exactly. look right. like me you it's but I mean? it's that accelerated character development and yeah. mm-hmm. uh, we get so we get Tylee monologuing. We get May talking about how um, that she's like, Being an only you know, child. I'm an only child. And he's like, you don't May, you don't get it. You're an only child. You're super privileged. And she's like, yeah, I'm an only child. I'm super privileged. Get everything I wanted. I don't I didn't have a traumatic childhood. Just kidding. Um, I was o- I only got everything I wanted if I was very quiet and didn't make a fuss. And and because I, we had to worry about my dad's political career. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, she yeah, she just kind of rattles that off in a monologue. Um Zuko has his monologue. It's just a series of monologues, which Azula goes, that's a series of monologues. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's accelerated c- character development for May and Ty Lee. But I think what the, the non-accelerated character ve- development is what Azula gets, mm. which is the entire episode. The entire episode is Azula developing. Um. And yeah. she gives us, you know, that one and a half sentences, basically, where she's like, I don't have a sob story. I mean, my mom thought I was a monster, mm-hmm. but she was right. Da, da, yeah. da, 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 da. Like, <laughs> right. Um, she makes a punchline out of it. Like, that's both. Yeah. And relieving the tension in the show, but her doing Captain it as a character. Midnight dives into a little bit in his video, mm. but the way he dives into it would in- introduce some spoilers. So, like, the yeah. moment earlier i think this is something that would be really interesting for people to look back on once they've finished the show mm-hmm. exactly simply for some things we learn more as the show goes on but i think that this this moment is uh for me usually like uh what the fuck why are we you know mm-hmm. i don't know when she immediately is like but she was right after all it's mm-hmm. like okay so you are just a fucking monster no, she's you know not. what i mean no but she's yeah not. it's but that's she's like- not she believe, but that's the thing. She believes she is because she. This whole episode is basically her cosplaying as a regular person, mm. and she by the end she's like, "I guess I can't do that." 
so looks like I'm a monster. Like she, yeah, she kind of like sense. gear shifts back into, well, if I can't be just a, a regular, if I can't be a regular cute girl, if I can't just flirt with boys and have boyfriends like Ty Lee, um, I guess I am, I guess she's right. I guess I am a monster. I guess I have no emotions and I guess I'm just going to become the next fire Lord, like, or take over the world or mm. whatever. It's her like accepting it. And it's so, it's just so whack. Cause it's like, you weren't born a monster. Your dad turned you into one. Yeah. And the worst part is, is that she doesn't even realize that that's trauma. I think that's a really, really good point. I'm actually really, really grateful for that perspective and your perspective on all of this. Because I think I like the episode a lot more as all of this being a commentary on Azula than I mm -hmm. do a commentary on a bunch of, on, on four dramatic teens. And I don't think I'd ever really addressed it because they make a punchline out of it. I think if they had been able to make a little bit more of a statement of this exact moment, even though I mm -hmm. like the way that it's done, that she makes a punchline out of it, but I think it's too much of a punchline in the episode. Yeah. That it doesn't drive home that like all of this dramatic monologuing that we just heard can be a commentary on her not addressing all of that. You know what I mean? Well, it's it's yes. um it's a uh the way that she delivers it like reminds me of how she was delivering punchlines earlier in the episode, where it's just like, We'll destroy you. Well, that was fun. Right. Um or and I think she does it one more time. So I think this is the third time she does. This is a very serious thing, and then I'm out of it. Mm -hmm. Like which is like she thinks I'm a monster. Well, I am. Um, right. and so I think if they it's had like her just coping strategy, almost yeah. it's a coping strategy. It's um, and that's why it feels so heavy handed because it's quick development for. Tylee and May, but it's slow development for Azula, and I think that's why this is like my favorite episode. Mm. Because without this episode, we Azula is not an interesting villain. Yeah, because it showed because we're like we've been presented with Azula perfect child the mm. entire show, and now we're 100%. seeing Azula fail. Like the stakes are pretty low, but this is something that Azula can't do, and it shows us that like. There's a crack in the facade. Like, mm. she's not a perfect people person. She yeah. doesn't know how to be You would definitely like the Captain Midnight video, Eva. <laughs> so both well, of you have all to about watch it. That's homework after this. That's my homework. But I also really... We haven't really talked about it, but I also really love Zuko's coming mm -hmm. to realize... I love it. I love the writing of the conversation. There's one moment that ruins it all for me. And that's when yeah. they're going, who are you angry at? Who is it? Who are you angry at? Are you angry at dad? Are you angry at... That, it doesn't make sense, and it makes me mad because it's even more dramatic than even Tylee falling to her knees and everything. Yeah. And I know it's probably cinematically, like, enhanced. Like, maybe canonically, that's not exactly, and it's Zuko in his head. But it just makes me go, this is so fucking dramatic that it pulls me out of it. You know what I mean? But I the love... The way that he makes the fire go? And that, too. But I love the moment of him finally realizing that he's mad at himself. I love... Mm -hmm the content of the scene, just something about the way that it's pulled off makes me go, whatever. I don't know. It feels, it feels like it was directed weird. Like yeah. I love the, I love the, um, the device of him not being, he, cause he's not the most emotionally aware person. Hmm. So I think it does, he does need the others going, who, who are you angry at? What, like, is it you or is it, it or, like, is it, is it your dad? Is it Iroh? Talk to, talk to us. Tell us who quick fire questions, um, like like a bad acting teacher trying to get a rise out of its students. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
like but i but, think they do say it like 12 times and yeah. there are fisheye lenses on the last like four of them right mm-hmm. it's it's the, like, like the cuts are too if it was would all they one... actually do that would they actually ask that many times why do yeah. they you know what i mean yeah it's the cuts are way too quick it feels too it feels too like like a horror movie it's yeah. or like it's it's too insane but they do all get this out and azula again in proper like returning to her form is basically like mm-hmm. let's go fucking ruin this party and they go and just like fuck this dude's house up and he cries and then the last image is of them roll credits with their hands around <laughs> each other in the flames of this place so i wonder i didn't even think about this until we started talking actually are the flames the flames of the place that the, obviously that's what the episode has us believe because mm-hmm. they just demolished this place. Or is it possible that they burned the the place down that was their childhood home? Oh, they decided to fucking burn it down and they're just, you know, I don't know. It was just a thought that came to my head. The little head cannon. I mean, the last me. frame is a completely different art style. So up for interpretation. You know, you know? it looks no? like yeah, it looks right? like a painting. that yeah, they're burning. I love it. I, I really love it. Which like makes it. me, uh, I don't know. It feels like that's another memory we're throwing on the fire. Please yeah. light salt the earth. It's also a very, like you said, like 80s movie, like freeze frame to finish it oh, off. Oh, yeah. Um, don't, totally. Don't, don't, totally. Don't, don't, don't you <laughs> yeah. forget about me. I think it's time for a kid moment of the week. Kid moment of the week. Time for a kid so, moment of This the one's week. really easy for me. Yeah. It is Chan's reaction to oh, yeah. Azula. <laughs> doink, doink, doink. Yeah. Uh, I like that a lot. I mean, I also just like her, the sharp outfit. It's pretty funny. <laughs> sharp outfit's, sharp so outfit's awesome. Funny. Eva, do you have one in mind? Sharp outfit. 100%. Sharp outfit. That's my favorite line from Avatar. <laughs> you- I think that is a pretty good uh, inclination of what... Gets your head to kid moment of the week uh, this week. Kid moment of the week goes to Azula for mm. not knowing how to talk <laughs> like a real person. Because <laughs> it's so sharp. Oh, man. She knows the the word sharp in the context to use it in, but just not quite appropriately. It's the specificity of the, like, <laughs> empire and grade. The people I'm... that will die because of it. Thousands. Like, even yeah. if she said, you're, sh- you're so sharp, you could take down a ship or, like, something like that. It's just, like, she yeah. has to go into it's, all the details. Yeah, puncture the hull, like, uh, of an empire-class <laughs> oh Fire Nation battleship. Like, it's, it's clear that she got, like, it's almost like she got distracted distracted halfway through the sentence yeah oh yeah i got all into it it's funny well uh i think i appreciate th- this episode even more uh i appreciated it more after watching it after a while and even more after this conversation so uh, thank you both and i bet you will even more after watching captain midnight's video, i'm sure honestly. i will that that'll be linked in the description uh by the mm-hmm. way for all you listeners uh if you are looking for another podcast to listen to you can always check out our actual play dungeons and dragons podcast legendary four adventures space vampires thank you gary that's streaming on itunes spotify pretty much any podcatchers that you have uh you can also find it on legendary legendary4.com all those episodes all these episodes have comment sections as well please reach out let us know you can always uh tweet at us and find us on other social medias uh all of them are going to be at new lens pod uh thank you to safina sago for our podcast art 
please, if you're able to, check out the ways that you can help the Black Lives Matter movement with the links in the description of every episode. I like to put a featured one and switch that up so that we can uh, get specific things so that you're not just overwhelmed by a huge list. There's Here's one that you can look at and that uh, I, I try and, or, or, you know, I always uh, contribute to the ones that I feature. Uh, Eva, thank you so much yeah. for hopping on the podcast. Oh. Hey, thanks for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome actually no yeah you're you guys are welcome for having me no yeah it's uh you, you almost did one before but I'm, I'm glad you came on for this one so um oh yeah this was this was like i've been wanting to talk about azula forever i requested yeah. this episode specifically. a while ago yeah so i'm glad we finally oh, got many to moons it. ago um and Eva will probably watch me play Breath of the Wild now. <laughs> so, um, oh, but uh, after watching Captain Midnight, yeah, gotta watch that video mm-hmm. um, as you should after listening to this <laughs> and then doing whatever you're gonna do with the rest of your evening. But thank you for spending part of your day with us on this podcast. I'm Calvin, and I'm Gary, and I'm Eva, and this has been a new lens. I'm angry at myself! (laughs) I'm angry!